0: Welcome to the Reclaim Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hathaway. I am an NASM certified personal trainer with a specialization in prenatal and postpartum bodies. I'm here to empower you to find movement and exercise that is realistic, doable, and most importantly, meaningful to you as a mother, a caregiver, and a birthing body. I'm here to challenge how our bodies are talked about in the fitness industry. No more blind acceptance of weight loss, and no more guilt and shame. Let's advocate for ourselves and reshape the fitness industry together. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. I am excited to talk to you today. I know I haven't been around much. I haven't been doing many podcast episodes. And so I'm sorry for leaving you during the holidays. <laughs> it's been a while. I think I have been working, I've been working a lot behind the scenes on a lot of things. But one thing that I've noticed is that I've been able to develop my ideas a little bit more. And so I feel like I'm ready to get back into these podcast podcast episodes in a way that's a little more focused and a little more organized so i'm hoping that i am able to stay a little more focused during these episodes and i won't be quite as all over the place and i really appreciate those of you who have been listening all this time um and that, you know, always return after some of my hiatuses that I go through. It, as we all know, it's tough to be consistent as a parent. And especially with things like this, a lot of effort goes into making these episodes, a lot of interruptions happen, uh, or a lot of late nights. And so I really appreciate all of you who have been listening. And I hope that you start to see an improvement. Uh, in not only in the content of these episodes, but also in my speaking skills, in my teaching skills. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to talk about what we're going to our topic this week as well. I'm I'm thinking this will likely be a series, but I'm going to be honest with you and let you know that that I'm not completely sure what my next episode is going to be. So as you can see, I'm not totally organized, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, But with that in mind, this week, I'm going to be talking about the basics of postpartum movement. For this episode, I'm going to be talking about the basics of postpartum movement. So if you're part of my free Facebook group, you will know that we have been talking about this this whole past month of February. And I've been giving you some little tidbits on mental health, on how uh, to fit exercise into your daily Routine and also, um, I we did a little workout, so we, you know, I've been giving you a little bit of information here and there about, um, kind of entering into movement in the postpartum period, but I think I am approaching this from a little bit of a different lens, right? So I think when most people think of, okay, basics of postpartum movement, you're thinking she's going to tell me what muscle groups to focus on and what like specific exercises that we need in the postpartum period. And while those things might be helpful, and also while those things might be what is inundating you on TikTok and Instagram, um, on your reels or your TikTok videos, um, those, I, I think I'm going to come from a different side of this a little bit for you. And the reason why is because I think we need to look down at the foundation of what is, what are some of the actual hurdles that we're experiencing in the postpartum period when it comes to finding an exercise routine that works for us. Okay. So, You can know all of the exercises, right? And you can know all of the different muscle groups. Um, You know, I do get into that in my programs actually quite a bit. But, and with my clients, even my one-on-one clients, we do focus a lot on those things. It's good information to know. But I think we also need to recognize what we're really facing, what we're really up against in our postpartum period, whether it's days Weeks, months, years—that um, is really keeping us from reaching our movement goals, from reaching our um, a level of satisfaction with movement that um, you know. I think we're all kind of looking for in one way or another. So to begin, I'm going to start us off with a little a little anecdote from my own personal experience, um, being as that is mostly what. Uh, you know, where where I'm coming from, <laughs> that is where I'm coming from. my own personal experience, especially my first postpartum experience, I think that's a, a really big one for all of us, because we don't know what to expect. We don't know what we're getting into fully, right? We haven't gone through it before. And so, in my own personal experience, and I recognize also that this is not everyone's experience. So if you don't fully resonate with this, don't worry, stick with me. We're going to get to the meat of this episode a little bit further down, okay? So don't worry. If you're like, I'm not a sports person, I don't know where you're coming from. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. We'll get there. So I started off as an athlete, right? Previous to being pregnant my whole life, previous to being pregnant, um, you know, starting from very small, age four or five, I was out there on the soccer field playing AYSO, I did softball, I did dance, I did tumbling. I was a very active kid Um, continuing into college. I was a a collegiate athlete, (coughs) played multiple sports. And so I really had, I really felt like I had a good handle on my body and what worked well for me. I knew how to strengthen my body in multiple ways. I knew what it felt like to really push my body physically and we'll get into a whole we we'll get into <laughs> pushing your body physically especially when it comes to birth and how much i underestimated that but that's another story um but as i moved into my perinatal experience so even pregnancy and that postpartum experience i had a really hard time figuring out how to translate what i knew of my body previously into my perinatal experience especially in terms of movement and exercise. And so what that ended up looking like is I did very minimal exercise during my pregnancy. I did some bike riding. I did some swimming. And then I moved into my postpartum period. And pretty immediately after my six-week appointment, I was told I was safe to go back into exercise. And so I started running. (laughs) And I started trying to run again because that's what I had always done. I kind of knew how to gradually move into running again. Um, you know, I was thinking, I, I'm feeling all right. You know, like I can I can get into this um, pretty quickly. And I did, I even kind of did some, tried to do some races. I, I had goals. I had goals. And then I also tried, you know, some strengthening programs because I still wasn't feeling quite right, quite comfortable. I was starting to run into some injury and um you know just starting to feel a little like i was falling apart <laughs> even as i was doing this ex- this movement i was doing i was running i was doing these things and i was still feeling like i was uh, a little bit broken so i started doing some more on demand exercises things like p90x insanity those types of things through beach body recorded workouts that I could do in my garage while my son had uh, had gone to sleep um, so that I wasn't too loud. Um, and it just, it was, I just remember, you know, I was exhausted already and I was trying to do these workouts in my garage with my husband. And we, I think we just ended up feeling, we ended up getting injured for one. <laughs> And also feeling um, some extreme body soreness that really only added to the exhaustion and did not um, make my life any easier as a caregiver. I would wake up the next morning feeling sore. I wouldn't be able to pick up my kid. I wouldn't be able to put him in the car seat without some major effort. It was just not, it was not helpful. And then I tried, I attempted, um, some gym memberships and that was really tough because I I was having a hard time being consistent because childcare was not consistent. And then I would feel bad because I was paying for a gym membership and I wasn't going to the gyms. (laughs) So there was a lot of guilt and shame associated with that. And really it felt like at the core of all of these, all of this, um, Effort and all of these um, attempts to exercise was this feeling of shame and guilt and feelings that I just I wasn't doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I didn't have the willpower. I didn't have the motivation. My health and wellness was completely in my hands, and the fact that I couldn't get these types of workouts in was just a reflection of my own lack of trying, my own lack of willpower. And any exhaustion or injury or major muscle soreness was just a reflection of the state I let my body get in, my body get to during my pregnancy and my postpartum period. And so again, another like tick off of um, my, you know, just another bad mark for me. It was just a reflection of my body's weakness and my own mental weakness, right? Right. And I know I tend to be pretty hard on myself, you guys, but I think I see this reflected in a lot of my clients, a lot. I I experience this a lot in other people as well that I encounter as a personal trainer. A lot of people come to me feeling like they've tried so many things and it's just so hard. It's so hard as a parent. We run into so many obstacles. And honestly, I think a lot about, the other thing I think a lot about is like the, I don't know if any, any of you have seen the Barbie movie where America Ferreira has her little speech about, not her little speech, her speech about, um, just, we can't win, right? As women, we're not uh, pretty enough, or we can't, uh, you know, we should be trying to get skinny, but not too skinny, right? And all of these things in terms of, you know, we can never, we can never win. There's, and, and I feel like that's a lot of what we face as postpartum women as well. There's so much pressure on us to move, to change our bodies, maybe to a shape or a form that they never were to begin with, right? There's all this pressure to look smaller, to look like we never had a baby. In addition to there being pressure to place all of our focus and all of our energy on our children and that being our job as well. Um, not to mention those who work are meant to be successful and responsible in their uh, position as a, at their job while not re- getting the support they need as caregivers, as new mothers in that postpartum period and beyond, right? Not getting affordable childcare, things like that. And so we have the pressure not only to uh, take our own um, exercise and, and the shape of our bodies and the, and the wellness of our bodies and making them acceptable for the people around us, right? But we also have that pressure to take care of our kids, take care of our jobs. And so there's a lot of pressures coming from a lot of places. And sometimes it just can feel, it's exhausting, right? We just can't win. So with that being said, in my story, and I think in a lot of people's stories, that really just all of those feelings just led me to feel less motivation. I hated working out. Uh, I had a ton of mental load associated with working out. It was exhausting just to get ready to work out, to find childcare, even to get dressed in the, the right clothes, right, in order to work out. The guilt that came with everything that was associated with leaving the house, going and getting that workout and spending an hour or two at the gym. I felt like I was at the mercy of motherhood and I didn't feel empowered at all in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I, I There was no empowerment coming from my movement practice. It was just, it was mostly guilt and shame and a lack of motivation altogether. So with that being said, it really took a process of, a long process for me of finding the right mental health care, finding a community of women who were actively working to challenge what was being said about our bodies, even by ourselves on a daily basis, and um, really realizing that I was doing more than enough on so many levels already, and rather than feeling like I wasn't pushing myself to do more, I needed to find a movement practice that served me in the job I was already doing, in the job I was already giving so much of myself in. And this really starts with a respect for what we are already doing as mothers and what we have already done. Hi, folks. Just a quick break in the podcast to let you know about a new free workshop that I have coming up this month. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you probably already know that weight loss is rarely my focus when I talk about movement and exercise in the postpartum period. But the truth of the matter is, almost everyone else is talking about weight loss when it comes to postpartum. TikTok videos, Instagram influencers, even if they aren't explicitly saying it, their before and after pictures, their promises for a better and healthier life, their ab-isolating or fat-burning exercises all suggest that weight loss is what we all want. And if we don't, we should, because it's going to make us feel better and it's going to improve our health and our lives. So as someone who really likes to challenge these norms, these things that we've all kind of come to just accept within the fitness world, I think it's time to really ask the question, is weight loss really the answer? Many of us have found ourselves on the weight loss carousel going around and around, maybe even more like a roller coaster sometimes. The ups and the downs, the frustrating and emotionally draining ride that pretty much always just leaves us back where we started. This three-day workshop, That I will be doing is going to help you unpack your relationship with weight loss. Decide if weight loss is truly something that will lead to a healthier, more fulfilling life for you, like everyone is telling you. Then I'll hold your hand as we walk through building a movement practice that fills you with meaning because it aligns with your values, not some meaningless promise coming from a fitfluencer on Instagram that doesn't know you, doesn't know your body, and definitely doesn't know what matters most to you. You'll walk away having completed the first step toward a movement practice that actually means something to you. And that means you'll be more likely to do it and stick with it. So join me. Let's stop spending so much time chasing something that won't actually fulfill us. You have great, you are amazing, and you have great things going on in that brain of yours. So let's chase that instead of a number on the scale or a number on our pants. (laughs) To sign up, go to my free Facebook group. You'll find the link in the show notes, so go take a look. I'll see you there. Okay, so what does it mean to have this respect for what we're doing? right? What does it mean to have a basic respect of motherhood and everything that comes with it? Motherhood is largely misunderstood in our society. (laughs) With motherhood, with this um, creation of life that we've done, and with this entry into caregiving, this is a complete shift in our identity, right? Especially with that first child, We are shifting from only kind of having ourselves as our responsibility to having a tiny human being, maybe multiple, uh, you know, keeping them alive, taking care of them and advocating for them, right? Thinking about all of the little things that they may need. So many, so much of ourselves becomes invested in these tiny little beings. And with that comes a huge shift in our mental load. Whereas before we we're pretty used to taking care of ourselves, right? There's not a whole lot of extra thought that goes into, um, you know, oh, I'm I'm hungry. I'm gonna go get something to eat, right? That's pretty straightforward. Uh, when you bring a little one into the mix, it's like, is are they hungry? Especially with that first one, you're like, I don't even know if they're hungry. Is this hungry? I don't. <laughs> what is happening we there's just a lot of crying and and screaming and i don't know what's going on uh not to mention you know just the complications around breastfeeding and the um you know a lot of other medical things that are going on around you maybe you know you may have had complications during your pregnancy or you're having a hard time with breastfeeding right there's a lot of things that come with with that shift into motherhood and then along with uh, that shift of identity and that shift of mental load we also have to think about mental health in general so according to the centers of disease control and prevention about one in eight women experience symptoms of postpartum depression in the united states one in eight that's pretty high The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists reports that the prevalence of postpartum depression is even higher for women with a history of depression, affecting up to one in four women. So those who have had depression previously to their perinatal experience or even uh, during pregnancy, are even more likely to experience depression during postpartum. And I don't know that depression during pregnancy is always highlighted very much. Um, I think many more women experience depression during that period of time than we even know. Um, And because we are very good at hiding it, especially during that time when we are supposed to be very happy and excited, we don't always get the care that we need during that time. So, you know, you can imagine the amount of people being affected by postpartum depression that are likely experiencing that carried over from their pregnancy experience. In addition to postpartum depression is postpartum anxiety. While it's often overshadowed by postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety is also extremely common, affecting around 10 to 15% of women after childbirth. And some studies actually suggest that postpartum anxiety might be even more prevalent than postpartum depression. So, um, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. With that, you know, with the idea of postpartum anxiety, you know, with things like financial strain, relationship difficulties, and other stressors, can contribute with those things. You can. Uh, there's there's a higher instance of the development of postpartum mental health issues, and you can imagine in pregnancy you're experiencing that a lot, right? And so you, it's pretty likely that during that pregnancy period you will be experiencing potentially some financial strain, knowing that you're going to have a little one on the way. Um, it's very, it, you may be experiencing some relationship difficulties. And so there's, you know, there is a lot that is shifting during that time and really contributing to these statistics of postpartum depression and anxiety. And understanding where I'm recording from in the United States, perinatal mental health support is not a given. It's not included in regular care through insurance, and as a result, is really not much of a priority in our community, in our community, in our country. And also, postpartum care is also is just extremely limited. So even not only in the prenatal period, but also, but probably more so postpartum. Not uh, postpart the postpartum <laughs> period, we are not. Given the support we need both physically and mentally during that time. We, for many insurance companies, we are given, through many insurance companies, we are given one six week postpartum visit with our OBGYN. And that is pretty much the extent of the um, postpartum care that is provided to us. Um, and that leaves a huge hole. In terms of our mental health and our physical health as well, for a lot of us, we experience complications that aren't caught at that six-week appointment, and that we go on to live with for years postpartum. Um, so there you go. We've got we've covered a shift in our identity, the the mental load, mental health, which is a huge category in itself and then the physical labor of motherhood, right? From the beginning, we are not given the education, the body education that we need as young women to understand what is going on with our bodies then, let alone during pregnancy and postpartum. Many of us are caught by surprise by the physical changes that our bodies go through, especially in the perinatal experience. And as a result of that, because we have we do not have that found educational foundation of our bodies to begin with. It's really hard to expect that we will be prepared to care for our bodies physically during that time, right? We have no physical preparation for the postpartum period. We have uh, very little information coming into us for us to understand how to care for ourselves, what is normal, what is common, what is typical. And, um, and even what is not. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of times that leads us to being afraid to talk about it, or oftentimes, unfortunately, uh, our, the things that we are experiencing are kind of brushed off as not an issue or something that will eventually go away. Or even worse, something that we have to live with for the rest of our lives, which is infuriating to me, <laughs> let me tell you. I think especially in the generation previous to ours, which is the one that, is, that we learn from, right, as women before having babies, we learn from our own mothers, our own aunts, our own grandmothers, that is the education that a lot of us are re- are receiving. And many of them are still living with the symptoms that they experienced as a result of their pregnancies and their births. They are still experiencing leaking and pelvic pain and uh, hip pain and back pain that is a result of having children. And they have been told their whole lives that they must live with these things as a result of motherhood and then when we experience them and we come to them as a trusted source of information we are given the answer and the we are given that same information right it's it's the cost of motherhood you know well that's what happens when you have babies and then we are left to not seek help when resources are available but are not made known to us Okay. Oh, it just drives me nuts. (laughs) I don't know if you could tell it's, it's, uh, I need to do a whole podcast episode on that, but I know that that is something that I'm, um, I see on a regular basis and it's, it makes me very upset that there are so many women out there, especially elderly women or, um, uh, women in their forties and beyond, Those are not, I'm not saying those are elderly women, (laughs) women of older generations that are still experiencing postpartum symptoms and that are, that are affecting them on a daily basis that they could have received care for, but were brushed off, you know, or they felt like they could never say that those were their symptoms. Um, you know, I don't want that to happen to the generations that are currently having babies because I don't think that is needed. And so that's part of why I'm doing this, (laughs) okay? So let's let's keep going. See, this is what I'm talking about. I get off on these, these, these little digressions. So all of that being said, we are lacking this basic understanding of respective motherhood. There's no foundation set for us for preparing us for that postpartum period, the mental or the physical. And as a result, we are left with Guilt and no motivation to move our bodies. And then when we, uh, and then we're shamed for not moving our bodies. Again, we can't win, right? So today I'm here to say you're not alone. You're not alone in the way you feel in your body right now. And um, there are so many women that feel like you do. It is, and it is no wonder that we feel this way. Okay, based on the lack of information we are given and everything we just talked about, it's no wonder you feel this way. And you don't have to give into this. You don't have to give into this feeling. So I welcome you to join me in challenging these things. There are things we can do, things are getting better, but I think we have a lot of work to do. And you don't have to join me in this fight. (laughs) It's going to be Uh, it's not easy, right? It's a lot of work individually and as a community. But I welcome you to join me in challenging these things, challenging these expectations that are placed on us, and uh, especially as it pertains to our bodies and what is seen as acceptable and how our bodies are spoken about. Um, But I really want to see a continued shift in the direction of empowering women and birthing bodies, especially in that postpartum period by giving you all the information you need to feel like you at least, at the very least, you understand what's going on and how to care for yourself. And then uh, moving toward gaining understanding and and good communication within our healthcare system that can help us to navigate that with more ease as well. But what we can control right now is the way that we are thinking about our bodies, okay? We can't control a lot of what's going on in our healthcare system, what's going on in our community, in our culture, around our bodies. As I said, it's getting better, but I'm not expecting you to go out and change the world yet, okay? But what we can think about right now, the work that we can do within our own selves to heal some of that of which we are experiencing, begins with asking yourself questions and criticizing things on a daily basis, okay? So first, I want you to ask yourself, do you respect what you do? Do you respect the job that you do as something that is labor-intensive and mentally intensive as well? And something that tends to lead to a high percentage of mental health disorders and something that leads to a high mental load and also something that leads to a large physical load, okay? That was a little repetitive, but do you respect what you do in all of those ways? Even if you think, yes, I work really hard, do you see it as something that is Have you ever considered how much physical labor you actually do on a daily basis? Okay, that's question number one. Number two, do you find yourself feeling guilty or blaming yourself for your body discomfort? Do you find yourself standing in front of the mirror and imagining or thinking of, um, you know, almost not even thinking about it, it? the you know thoughts coming into your mind uh, that are judgmental and criticizing your body what i want you to do is don't start judging yourself for that okay <laughs> again it's no wonder we feel the way we do about our bodies based on the amount of information and the kind of information that we get about them if you find what i want you to do is first ask yourself do you find yourself feeling guilty about the way your body looks or blaming yourself for your own body discomfort. And if you are, what I want you to do is ask yourself, why? I don't, I really don't want you to enter into judgment here and feel shame for feeling guilty about these things <laughs> that is a vicious cycle, right? So what I want you to do is maybe this looks like this. Maybe you go in front of your mirror And I just want you to notice, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it a criticism about the way your body looks? Is it, um, you know, something, one of those kind of narratives, one of those sayings that just happens in your mind on a regular basis, on repeat, and you don't even think about it anymore, right? Maybe it's something, you know, like, uh, like, I don't like the way my arms look, or I just really hate the way my belly looks. And something like that, sometimes we don't even notice when we say those things. So the first step is to notice and that's it, okay? I just want you to notice. And then when you're ready, step into why. Why do I feel this way? Who said this about my body? When did I first start feeling this? Okay, I'm not asking you to move directly into body positivity or even body neutrality, right? I'm just asking you to notice that is where we need to start. Okay. So that was it. Question one, do you respect what you do both physically and mentally? And two, do you find yourself feeling guilty or blaming yourself for your body discomfort? Three, why? Okay. Lastly, this is a journey for me too. All right. So join me, come with me. I am also learning these things and, um, I feel like I may be a few, you know, I don't know. I don't know you. Maybe. (laughs) I might be a few steps ahead. I might be a few steps behind of you. Um, But I hope, as I said earlier in the podcast, I think some of my ideas around this are starting to form a little more solidly. And I'd love for you to be a part of this. So interact with me. Let me know how these things are going for you. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to... Um, send me a message on Instagram or email me. Um, I want to know what this is like hearing this on on a podcast like this. Is this the first time you've ever heard something like this? Let me know. All right. So for a recap, just to recap what we've been talking about, we're looking at this. Today we looked at the basics of postpartum movement from a new lens. We... Start with a respect for what you do as a mother and understanding that there are a lot of pressures that affect us and our ability to find movement in our lives. And the traditional fitness model and maybe something that has worked for you in the past doesn't necessarily serve us well where we are right now. A lot of those things can lead to guilt and shame because that is a lot of what is at the heart of those movement practices when we begin them. And then once we are not able to be as consistent because our amount of responsibilities have gone up, the amount of mental load, the amount of physical load that we are, we have now taken on as caregivers has increased. And so, you know, Going to the gym every morning may be something that is just not feasible for you right now. And that is not a reflection of you or your willpower or your strength. It is simply showing you that that is not something that's going to work for you. And you need, you are allowed to find a movement practice that serves you where you are right now and don't let anyone tell you that those are the only ways to find a movement a, a movement practice that's the only way to exercise okay we are mothers we are problem solvers and we can work together to reshape fitness to fit into our lives in a way that is empowering and effective okay so come with me join me in finding that for you specifically next week like i said I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not completely pinned down on what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) But I hope you join me. All right. So I'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for listening. Do me a favor and make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you know when the next one is ready. I'm not always consistent, so this is probably the best way to know while you're at it. If you liked this episode, I would love it if you would rate and share with friends as well. I don't have many listeners yet, but I think these are important things for people to hear. And the best way for others to hear it is for you to pass it along. Also, be sure to look for me on Instagram at Reclaim Fitness LLC. And please check out my free Facebook group, where you can get lots of content, workouts, and information on a more regular basis. Go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash postpartum move. That's P-O-S-T-P-A-R-T-U-M-M-O-V-E. The link for that is also in the show notes, so take a look. Thanks for joining.